Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. Here's what the word of the Lord says. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reference for Christ. We're going to uh, continue our sermon series, Sing. Uh, Today is our second message, second sermon. Um, Today we're going to talk about, the title of my sermon today is Singing with Our Heads and with Our Minds and with Our Hearts. I don't know about you, I've always been a very head person. Uh, That's just the way God had created me. I've always been into reading. I'm always very logical. I'm very left brain in that way. I always loved math, sciences, but growing up, I just never liked uh, arts. Uh, Not much music, even though my parents put me through uh, piano lessons and choir and all those good stuff. But I was never really interested in it. In fact, uh, even today as I uh, draw, my drawing is terrible. I just never have that sense of art. And and because of that, I have often neglected that part of my life. Uh, I'm always into doing uh, sciences and math. And even before becoming a pastor, uh, I was working in that field. I didn't really have much appreciation about art and music. That is until later on as I grow in my faith, I realized that God made us as a whole being. That in God's beautiful creation that we're given, these areas of our lives to develop, to grow, that while some are better than the other, we are meant to be a whole being. Which is probably the reason why Jesus commanded us, reminded us actually from Deuteronomy, uh, that, that we're to love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. That everything, the whole being is meant to be uh, toward loving God. And we don't just love God with our intellect, but we love God with our emotion. We don't love God with just logic, but we also love God with our feeling. That's also the reason why Paul uh, uh, um, uh, tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23, in a proclamation, that may God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. That God does not, did not only just create us as a whole being, Sin affected our whole being, and as such, Paul prayed that we will be sanctified as a whole being, spirit, soul, and body. And so as I grew up, I think that that's one reason why I started to, to develop and give interest to those others, more of my right brain, to learn to appreciate and to worship God. I think as I, as I, as I thought more about it, how can we not worship God with our emotions, with our hearts. You see, the God that we worship is so infinitely great, so infinitely wonderful, that the reality of God and His work is so great that if we merely just, for someone like me, just to worship Him with my intellect, with my logic, with my reasoning, with my understanding, I would have only given Him half of what is due His name. 
this is the reason why, one reason why we ought to give of our whole self to God, even our emotions to God in worshiping him. That as we give him all of ourselves, that will give him all of the praises that is due his name. I think of uh, my wife. I can easily be just approaching our relationship, our marriage in a very intellectual way. That I can read a book about love to her. I can write a book about love to her. I can write her a letter. And all of which would communicate love to her. But, but that would only be a part of it. It wasn't until that she actually feel loved by me. That it goes beyond just thinking. goes beyond just reading. There is emotion attached to that. That's how the relationship is complete. That she not only knows that I love her. She feels that I love her. It was Jonathan Edward who was the man with great intellect, but also with a passion. The heart says that God glorifies himself through two realities, two ways. The first way is God appeals to us, glorify himself in us through understanding. That God help us to understand who he is. That this infinitely great God, he, he made it possible for us to know who he is, though in limited ways. But that is not the only way. God also through uh, glorify himself in us by communicating himself to our hearts. To cause rejoice, to cause delight in us. I think that's why the psalmist in Psalm 34 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Not fill up your heart, your head with the Lord, with knowledge, but also delighting. There is emotion involved in it. And I think once we see both the head and the heart, it is not hard to imagine why singing is so important. It is not, not so hard to, to grasp why we've always been a singing people. As we talked about last week, we've always been a singing people. In fact, God put a book of songs named Psalms in the, whole, in the, book of the, in the, in the Bible. He cares so much about songs that he actually put a whole book of songs in there for us to learn from. It is not only enough for us to study, to know the Word of God. Sometimes those words can be said, can be preached, but at times those can be put in beautiful poetry, and sometimes those words ought to be translated into songs so that we can sing it with full hearts of worship, full hearts of thanksgiving to our God, to express fullness of praise to Him. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Last week, we talked about the three C's of why we need to sing. We talked about how we were created to sing by God. We're created by God. We have the capacity physically to sing, to speak, and therefore we can sing. We're also, uh, we also looked at how we're commanded by God to sing. That God literally tells us, you need to sing to me, command us to sing. And when we don't, we're actually becoming disobedient to God. And finally, we looked at how we're compelled to sing. That though it is a duty, but it should never be less than a, a duty, we ought to compel, be compelled to sing because of the love of Jesus in our lives. And so what I would like to do today is to talk about how we sing. Now, I'm going to talk about how we sing, but not from a vocal, stylistic uh, way, because I am in no way uh, an authority in singing. I like to tell people that I'm the Moses of worship leaders. I've led worship for many years, but I'm the Moses of worship leaders because I'm reluctant to lead, reluctant to sing, because I don't really feel like my, my voices are that good, my skills is that great, my musical talent was great at all. But I'm just an able, available person. And such, God gave me many, many errands in my life to help me lead. 
and he'll be of use for him. So that's definitely not today. I'm not telling you how to sing musically, vocally. But what we would like to see today from the scripture is how we can sing spiritually. How can we involve our minds? How can we involve our hearts to sing? Because we're going to look at the passage as we read earlier from Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 17 to 20. And last week we look at, a, at the parallel passage from Colossians. Chapter 3, 16 to 17. If you ever read through the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, they are basically the uh, very similar books that the Apostle Paul had written to two different audiences. There are a lot of same theme being uh, uh, talked about, and one of which was singing, Christian singing. And so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, and I would like for us to see that there are five ways that Paul instructs us to, see, uh, to sing. In fact, there are six ways. We're going to put one for next week. Because I think it deserved that much attention for us. So we're going to talk about five ways and put one uh, on, uh, for next week. And so, so if you have your Bible with you or if you're joining us online, go click on open a new tab for the Bible. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV version. Ephesians chapter 5 once again, verse 17 to 20. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the first things we see here, one of the first things we see here to sing, and we must sing in such a way, we must sing in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We must sing in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Paul says this, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. In order for us to really worship God, we must sing with the fullness, being filled with the Spirit. You see, our singing is not just pushing air from our lung, through our vocal cord, through our lips and tongues and and mouth. It is not just a physical exercise. It is just not a, and Christian singing is never just an entertainment in itself. See, when we sing, it is a supernatural thing because the Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God and He is supernatural. And when we engage in singing to our Lord, it is not just a karaoke moment. It is not just singing along the radio moment, but we are singing in to God. That we're engaging a supernatural experience by bringing praise to God. Did you know that you can actually sing Christian songs but not worship? Just because we sing and sit in a church and sing, it does not necessarily translate into worship to God. In fact, sometimes our singing, not my word but God's word says, is actually offensive to Him. I want to bring us to a, a passage in Amos chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. Here we see God rebuking his own people. Not that because they did not sing, but the way they sing. Amos chapter 5, verse 24 says this, Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I would not listen. God basically saying, get that away from me. Get that song away. Those noise, those music that you think harp, I can't, I can't even imagine how harp can be, uh, uh, harp playing as music made by harp can be noise. But God said, take that away. And here's why. Because verse 24, God says this, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. God rejected the people from their singing of their songs. 
because they were not living in accordance to the righteousness of God. So on their lips, they are physically saying, they are acting, singing, but they are not really singing to the Lord. And the only way for us to sing to the Lord, Paul tells us we must sing in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I think many people mistakenly think being filled with the Holy Spirit means that I feel emotional. That if I feel like, if I start crying, if I start quivering, if I start getting ecstatically happy and start yelling, that is filling of the Holy Spirit. But as we look at the scripture, we see the filling of the Spirit, Holy Spirit actually have very, not zero relationship, but very little have to do with emotion. And for many people, they make the, they make the mistake of, of equating being filled with the Spirit means feeling emotional in worship. You see, when we look at the Scripture, I don't have the time to go through all the Scripture since this is a sermon not on the Holy Spirit. But I do want to point, us out, point, point to us that in the book of Acts, the entire book of Acts is a recording of how the Holy Spirit was at work through the people of God, through the church of God. And when we look at the book of Acts, we're not seeing a lot of crying and wailing just because the Spirit of God is acting. What we see, though, is this relationship between being filled with the Spirit and being fed with the Word of God. Being filled with the Spirit oftentimes and almost ex- exclusively linked to the feeding of the Word of God. I just want to read uh, two verses for us. Acts chapter 2. In a Pentecost when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Look at what happened as the Spirit gave them utterance. The people of God start speaking the truth of God, the truth of Jesus Christ, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, same thing when they, when they had prayed, the place in which there is the believers praying, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Did they cry? Did they scream? No, here's what happened. Chapter 4, verse 31, that they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. You see, being filled with the Spirit of God actually has more to do with our head and understanding than with just our emotions. Obviously, being filled with the Spirit does not exclude us from feeling, but being filled with the Spirit actually has to do with being fed by the Word of God. That was the very function, that was the very purpose that Jesus himself said before he left, before he said, I'm going to give you this gift, the Holy Spirit. And here's the function of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So when Paul is writing, we need to sing with a, being filled with the Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit. What he's not saying is just feel emotional when you sing. What Paul is really talking about is the function of the Holy Spirit that as we are engaged in the Word of God, as we believe in it, read it, meditate it, live it out, we are living consistently with, with being like Christ, conformed to the likeness of Christ. That's when we're most filled with the Spirit. It was J.I. Packer who had this famous saying that the, the Holy, ministry of the Holy Spirit is the hidden flood-like ministry. Of Jesus Christ, meaning that the Holy Spirit is often like the floodlight that you see on the on the billboard, that they are not shining at Himself, but He's shining to Jesus. 
And so what Paul is telling us is one of the best ways for us to sing is to be engaging in the Word of God. That we are the people who are the, uh, have the Word of God in them, living in them, believing in them. And as such, we will be filled with the Spirit. And as we sing, that is what honoring to God. So that's the first way we can sing, singing the fullness of the Spirit. Here's the second one. Second way that the Paul, Paul continued to tell us is that we must sing from the heart. We must sing from the genuine, uh, uh, genuine, genuineness from our hearts. Look at verse 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Growing up, uh, I grew up in youth groups singing this song. I think some of us, we continue to sing. It's called Making Melodies. Making Melodies in Your Heart. Making Melodies in Your Heart. Making Melodies in Your Heart to the King of Kings, right? And that's where it's from. That we are to make melodies with our heart. From our heart. That means that singing ought to be more than just a lip action. That we're not just singing because we're just going through the motion. Because that's part of what we do as Christians. You remember last week I shared my story, my first, my first encounter with Christian singing. I wonder why all these people are singing. I really thought that's all church people do, just sing and listen to the Word of God. But singing from the heart is so much more than just going through routine. Singing from our heart means that we genuinely come before God to honor Him, to value Him. To praise Him. I know these words sound very familiar to us. And sometimes we do a disservice by using these words. But when we lean into what these would really mean, we're honoring. We're being in all of this great, infinitely great, loving God. That's what we sing to Him. That's from the heart. Now, many times when we think of being singing from the heart, we think, I can only do that if I'm on this spiritual high. And if I'm close with God, yeah, I'm going to sing hallelujah. I'm going to sing all. Oh, I feel so close to God. Therefore, I can sing from the heart. And if I'm not, then I cannot sing from the heart. The book of Psalms tells us otherwise. Because we know from the book of Psalms, there are more emotions, more genuine singing beyond those who have a, a victorious life. Beyond those who, who are so close with God. Over 150 Psalms. Good portion, about, about 30% of them did not come from someone who is so close with God. You see, singing from the heart is being real with God. That you're not trying to put up this best Christian front and sing these songs with a smile on our face thinking that, wow, God, that's what God wants from me. Singing from the heart is being real with God with the struggle that you have. You see, we can sing from our heart with longing for God. Man, there are days that we don't feel like we can come before God, don't we? Man, there are days now we lock up in our house and we can't get out of bed. We're like, that's the last thing I want to come and sing before the Lord. But yet it is precisely those times that we need to sing songs like 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. You know what that song is singing when we sing that? We're not singing that. I'm all good now. I want to bless you. It's commanding our soul. From the Psalm 103, the psalmist says, Soul, bless the Lord. Sing to Him. I know you're not there. I know my heart is not there, but God, I know you're worthy. So I'm going to come be honest with you. I'm commanding my soul. God, I want to bless you. 
You singing from the heart is being real with God, being honest with God where you are, but not staying where you are, but looking to God and say, God, I want to be close to you, even though I don't feel like being close to you. Singing from the heart also sometimes to God of a place of remorse. Many times we struggle, we stumble, we fall. I think the enemy takes full advantage of those opportunities to isolate us, to whisper in our ears and say, see, don't you think even God doesn't want you? But really it was in those moments that we need to sing from our heart to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I'm ashamed to even come before you. I've sinned against you. I know I'm not worthy, but I come before you because Jesus Christ, your blood has washed me, washed away my sin, and now I'm worthy. So I sing, purify my heart. Wash me from within and make me holy. We sing, purify my heart, not because I know I'm clean. I needed God to cleanse me. So I come in confession to the Lord and sing. That's what it means to sing genuinely from our hearts, being honest with Him, being real with Him, and yet not staying where we were, where we are, and we go to the, where God is and say, God, help me. And that's what Paul said. We need to sing filled with the Spirit of God. We need to sing from our hearts. And Paul continued. Here's the third way Paul said we must not only sing from our heart, but we must also sing to the Lord. Going back to verse 19 again, he says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Not only are we to sing, make melodies with our heart, with genuine heart, no matter where we are with God, we're to sing to the Lord. Earlier I said that one of the, there are six ways here actually in this passage. One of the ways is addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're actually going to tackle that next week. We're going to take a look at how singing build up the local church. And we see here we're all to address one another in songs like that. So I'm going to skip that. I'm going to go to singing, making melody to the Lord. And you may be wondering, Ben, like, what else are we doing? We're at church. We're singing to the Lord. I'm singing. Of course I'm singing to the Lord. But if we are honest, there are many times. While our lips are moving, our mouth is opening, and we're singing, and how, if we're real, honest, how many times we're singing, but it's actually not to the Lord? Just ask any worship leaders in your church. I can guarantee you that there are moments in their, in their leading that sometimes they're just kind of going through emotion because they're not really worshiping to the Lord. They may be singing because they have to lead that week. They may be singing out there like you in congregation because that's how, how we spend our 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Because it was on the rundown, so we must sing. Sometimes we sing because we just like the song. I don't even know what the song is, but I just like the tune. I sing for myself. Sometimes I'm bored. I want to fill my room, my, my, my room with some noise. I just put on some music and start singing. I have no idea what I'm singing. I'm not singing to anyone. I'm just literally singing to the thin air. And for those of you who are youth, I'm sure it never happened to you, but sometimes you just sing extra a little mm, with some emotion because you want to get the attention of the girl next to you. You close your eyes, get your hands up, and you just kind of sing because you're not really singing to the Lord. You're singing, hopefully get some attention that the girl next to you would notice how spiritual you are. You see, Paul said, 
God, through Paul, reminds us our singing and our melody making must be to the Lord. It must be a God-centered singing. Our audience, when we sing, no matter individually in our prayer closet or out here in our church together, when we get to do that together, our singing must always, first and foremost, be vertical. We talked about last week that, uh, that we, our singing also must be horizontal, but our first focus must be the audience of one, the one, God. We must sing to that one. We must sing vertically before we can worry about singing horizontally. You see, when we sing, we're not just singing about someone. That's one of my concerns a lot of times when we sing we're in worship. We are singing about God without realizing that we are singing to God. No, I'm not just gathering because we're singing together about this person who's out there, but when we're gathering or in my own private worship time, I'm singing to God, that God who created the heavens and the earth, that God who sent his son to die on the cross for me, that God who, who had been raised from the dead, we have been saved, we're singing to that God. And if you start thinking and realizing who you're singing to the moment we're singing, I guarantee you, it will change dramatically how you approach worship. Man, if Jesus is in the room with you, physically, how can our worship not be different? How can we just mail in and just utter some words and just give up our lip service to him? You see, our singing is so much more than just about him, but we're singing to him. That's why when we sing holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, we're not singing about him being holy. We're literally singing to that holy, almighty God. And so when we sing, great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my Father, we're singing to our Father. We're not singing to some Father out there. We're singing to the Father who is faithful to us no matter what. And even sometimes our songs are written in second person, third person form. We're using he. We're still singing to him. Just like the song we sang earlier. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. We're not singing just he out there. Jesus Christ alone is my light, my strength, and my song. And how often we need to sing to that. You see, Christian singing, worship singing is fundamentally, essentially, primarily God word, not man word. We are singing vertically to this God. And here's the beauty of it. When we are worshiping him in the fill, filled with the spirit of God, we're worshiping him, singing from the heart, from our hearts. We're singing to the Lord. And guess what happens? When you're doing that automatically, you become a blessing to those around you. That when we gather and sing together, there is just something amazing. That you, you hear the, the voice of the saints singing and there is a togetherness. There is a, a, a genuine worship to the Lord that blesses, your, blesses you as you just listen and sing along to that. Uh, not too long ago, about a month ago, I get the privilege of joining a, uh, a different group of uh, believers and, and just have a time of worship and, and learning from the Word of God. And it was just an amazing time of worship. It wasn't because it was a big stage, fog machine, the musician was, was awesome. It was beyond that. It was that every person sitting in the, in, in, in the room are genuinely worshiping. 
It doesn't matter if they are a big, small, African-American, Asian, Caucasian. It doesn't matter because we're all worshiping God. And in our vertical worship to God, it blesses us horizontally as saints. That's why we must sing to the Lord first and foremost. And when we do, we bless one another. Here's the fourth way. We must sing filled with the Spirit of God. We must sing from our heart. We must sing to the Lord. Here's the fourth one. We must sing with the deep conviction of God's goodness in our lives. We must sing with the deep conviction of God's goodness in our lives. You're like, Ben, I don't see that in text. There's no word of goodness in here. But let's take a look. Verse, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we cannot give thanks. We cannot sing with a thanksgiving heart, a thankful heart, unless we have a deep conviction that God is good no matter what. It would be silly for us to say, oh, I thank God, but you don't actually believe that God is good. I can't think of a better time to talk about this than right now as we are experiencing this, this uh, pandemic of, of, of uh, coronavirus all over the world in our own country and own city. Many people are asking that question, how can God be good that he allowed all these things to happen? Non-believers are waving their flags and saying, see, I told you God is not good. How can we sing genuinely and say, God, thank you. No matter what is going on in my life right now, I'm singing with a thankful heart. The verse says, always and everything. You see, Paul is not just saying this, some, some superficial, open wind for you, like, oh yeah, thank God, uh, all shock, everything is good. No, when things are not going well, are you still giving thanks to the Lord? Are you still singing with that heart full of things? Like, God, I don't know what's going on in this world. It is uncertain. Looks like all hell is breaking loose. But God, I thank you because I know you're in control. See, we need to live with that type of conviction about God's goodness. If we are genuinely to sing with a thankful heart, that means that we ought to wrestle with verses like Romans chapter 8, verse 28. That says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Man, this verse is so good when things are going well. But are you wrestling with the Lord and asking God to help you to believe that in the midst of bad, that God is continuing to work out for his good according to his purpose? Being convicted deeply about God's goodness brings us to verses like Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You know the story. Joseph sold by his brothers to Egypt. Persevering through trials and tribulations, he continued to rise. And, and finally, he got to see his brothers. He could do everything to, uh, to take revenge of them. But instead, God taught him a lesson. He is a man who was convicted deeply about the goodness of God. He says this, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, his brothers... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Do you have that deep conviction of God's goodness? That in the midst of evil, while you're praying, pushing back. That, by the way, believing that God is good does not mean we, we slack off but not pushing against evil in this world. Praying against evil, doing the work of good to push back the evil realm. 
But what it does tell us is this. What it does mean is this when we're convicted that God is good no matter what, that we are trusting that God is in control. That while people meant evil against us, while the enemy, when Satan tempts me to despair, I trust that I still are being upheld by the hand of God. That God's glory and His redemptive plan will continue to go forth, even though it makes no sense whatsoever to me. There isn't a day, there isn't a week that many of us face trials, face temptations, face situations that we wonder, is God really there? But it's out of this conviction that God is good, that we can sing in the fullness of heart, that allow us to come before this God, to worship Him, sing to Him in a deep, profound way, that God, you are good, you are good, when there's nothing good in me. That the sufficient God is working all things for the good of those who love Him according to His purpose. That is the deep conviction that we must have in order to worship God fully. And here's the last one, the fifth way. The first way is we must sing in the fullness of the Spirit. Second way is to sing from the heart. Third way, sing to the Lord. And fourth way, we just talk about sing from a deep conviction that God is good no matter what. And the final one is this, that we must sing songs of varied forms. That we must sing not just a song that we like, not just a song we're familiar with, not just with songs that, uh, that we, 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 we pay attention to, that we listen to, that are recommended by Spotify, by our friends, by our generations, by our own language. Paul tells us we need to address each other, sing to each other in all sorts of songs, all songs of various forms. Here's what it says, verse 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Scholars are divided to really think of, uh, to explain what, what's the hard and fast rule to de- decide what is a song, or what is a psalm, what is a hymn, what is a spiritual song. So I think wars and battles have been fought all through generations of church about mu- musical style. But what we see here is this. No matter how you cut it, Paul specifically used, th- used three different categories to sing. To call us to sing. There are hymns perhaps that, there are songs that perhaps is direct quotation from the Old Testament. There might be hymns that are, that are songs that are written by the early uh, church fathers or in the New Testament time we see examples of that. But perhaps even spiritual songs that are natural from a heart like examples like First uh, Corinthians 14, 15. That Paul said, what am I to do? I pray with my spirit, I'll pray with my mind. I will sing praises with my spirit, I will sing with my mind also. So whatever, however you cut it, there are various types of songs. And the question we must wrestle with is, is this. Why different types of music? Why all kinds of music? Again, I want to bring us back to really our theology. Our, our understanding of God. You see, if you believe in an infinitely great God and loving God, God is so much greater than any human being, uh, any in, intellectual uh, knowledge combined, any, any capacity that human being can produce. 
then you will see and you will understand why we need different kinds of music because there are times that you experience God in the depth of four daughters and, and your own wife. And on the ship you will be writing, it is well with my soul. And there are times that you sit and you're overwhelmed by the incarnation of Christ, how God, Jesus Christ himself, the perfect man, perfect God, will dwell among us, among us sinners. And out of the explosion of joy, you sing joy to the world. There are times that God meets us simply quietly in a place that we're just meditating on and we start singing and some, uh, someone would write, Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. How I love you. And then there are times that we, that, that perhaps you're singing, you're sitting and being in awe of what a wretched sinner you are. And indeed, how amazing His grace is. How sweet the sound. And that there are times that maybe you're a Sunday school teacher. You, are, you want your kids to, you're a second and third grader. just want to know about God. And, and there are times that you just want to get through to them that God, Jesus loves them. And you just start singing with them. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. You see, the aspect of God is so great. The relationship with us is so deep that how can we not sing various types of songs? There are moments that, we, that calls for orchestra to sing and to play Handel's Messiah, that we can rejoice in worshiping the Lord. And there are times that we just need to sing a simple song as a family, B-I-B-L-E. You see, there are all types of songs because God is infinitely great and profound that there are times, moments for us that we engage with Him, worship Him in different ways. We must sing God-centered, Christ-exalting songs. No matter what language it is, what genre it is, what generation it is, we are blessed as believers in this world that we've been passed on generations of generations of songs that men and women before us, has penned and have passed on to us that today we continue to sing. And here's the challenge for us. Many times I think we are prisoner to what is current to us. But I want to bring us to a tour, a, a quick tour of the songs that we are continuing to sing today because of the saints of the past. Today we're singing not only the songs that we're, fam- we're familiar with, but songs that perhaps for some of us we're not so familiar with. And, and I know this is kind of strange that we're, we're in the middle of a sermon we're singing, but I want to encourage you even at home to sing along. For some of you, those are familiar with the song. Some of you might not be. And just enjoy the word because we will start from back in the 580, 560. Be Thou My Vision. The song, the poem was penned, and now we come before uh, in congregation. Many around the world continue to sing. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. 
not be all else to me save that thou art and fast forward to the 18th century 1779 amazing grace amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a like me I once was lost but now am found was blind but now I see moving on to the 19th century 1863 William Bradley Bur- uh, Bradbury penned at the solid rock on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. The 20th century, 1922, Helen the Mel singing a song for us, wrote a song for us that we sing, especially in these days. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and great. Okay, moving on to 1988, Rich Mullins writing a song, Awesome Guy. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with some power and love. Our God is an awesome God. Continue to be that great God in the 2000s. Third day, writing God of Wonders. God of Wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. Universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. To many of our youth, 2012 oceans. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. I am yours. You are mine. Certainly, last but not least, we just sing uh, our lion and the lamb. Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah, is roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before you. 
know, it's amazing. We sang a few songs. We just literally traveled from 580 all the way to 2017. And we have the privilege and this gift from God to be able to sing songs from all generations. And I want to encourage us. Let's drink deeply from this gift from God. I want to give us a step of obedience as we end our our sermon together. We talk about we need to sing with the uh, fullness of the Holy Spirit. We need to sing from our hearts. We need to sing to the Lord. We need to sing with a conviction that God is good no matter what. And we need to sing various form of songs and praise. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. Next time when you sing, focus on the Word of God. Focus on the word that is being sung in the song. Meditate on it. Focus on the image that the song is painting for you so that you can, you can think, you can, you can fathom the goodness and the love of God. All the character, the holiness of God. Mark down the things that you don't understand, the truth that you wrestle with, the truth that you're, you want, you're singing it, but it doesn't jive with what you're believing in right now. And ask God to give you faith to believe in it. And certain last but not least, singing again is first and foremost to the Lord. So let's respond to the Lord in singing. May singing never be just a physical, physiological, emotional activity, but ultimately it is a spiritual act of worship to our God. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this abundant amount of songs that we get to sing from. Even songs that we might not even know, from languages that we don't know, from, from, uh, from, from ethnicity that we're not familiar with. But, but Lord, you have gifted us with music. So help us not just to sing because we, we have to sing, but help us to sing out of a genuine uh, worshipful heart and thankful heart. And at particular times like these. As we face challenges and restrictions and disease going on in this world, pandemic uh, going around the world, how much more, God, we need to sing before you to know that you are good and it is only in Christ alone that our hope is found. So, Lord, thank you for this reminder from your word. Help us to sing as we continue to worship you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.